Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and uh, thanks for stopping by and checking this out. Got another great conversation for you today. Not quite like an interview about a print project like we usually do. This is a bit more of like an industry discussion that gives a lot of like of an inside look to the print industry and where things are at and where things have been going. So it's really interesting for any of you designers and creatives that are interested in getting into that print and packaging design world. Before I tell you who my guest today is, speaking of that print and packaging design world, if you are ready to take those steps to become that print and packaging design expert, you want to understand there's things like five five to six pillars of becoming an expert in print design. The terminology is the first one. Deep knowledge of paper is the second one. The third one is files and what to do with your files, how to prepare them and get them ready for print, all that jazz. Number four is working with printers. Number five is proofing and understand the liabilities of proofing, why proofing is done and what you need to know before you start doing looking at proofs and things like that. And then the sixth one is sort of how to introduce print and print design into your business, how to offer them as services and use those methods, print and packaging design, to increase the revenue of your design business. Print and packaging offers sort of some unique ways to, to make more money in your business. So those are the pillars that we talk about. And over at printdesignacademy.com, there's links to our YouTube, there's links to our cost-effective courses, all to teach you how to be an expert in print and packaging design. Whether it's that craft beer label you want to get into, you want to get into that business, starting to create awesome beer can labels or beer bottle labels, or if you just want to really understand print and packaging and learn how to do all of that side of things, printdesignacademy.com is the place to be. So check that out today. There's also a link in this podcast description that'll take you right there. Now, my guest on the show today is Jacob, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Arandall, which is an amazing award-winning printer out of Wisconsin. Love Wisconsin. Funny story about Wisconsin, actually. No, I won't get into that here. Wisconsin. During this episode, we talk about the sort of status of the industry, uh, some of the challenges that the industry has faced and how they're overcoming them, and where sort of the, the print industry and packaging industry is going to be in a few years. It's a really insightful discussion. I enjoyed this conversation um, and also sort of hearing from a slightly different type of print perspective. Um, you know, I'm not big into the web world. I'm not super familiar with all of that, but Jacob is. And so he brings a lot of that knowledge as well. But he's also the host of a podcast called Millennials in Print. And I thought that was pretty damn interesting because I'm a millennial myself and hey, I'm in print. And one of the you know industry conversations right now is that a lot of these sort of older craftspeople who started these amazing print shops 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, they're all heading toward, they're all he retiring. They're all getting out of the business now. And so who are, who's the young blood that's going to be taking over these spots and helping designers craft these incredible experiences? So we talk a little bit about that and all kinds of other stuff. It's just a great conversation. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest, Jacob from Arandal. Here we go. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast. 
the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rock their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So, let's talk ink on paper. Hey, Jake, welcome to a combo podcast, a, a print design podcast meets like millennials in print podcast. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a, it's a fusion for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a fusion. <laughs> we got to come up with like a, a show name. Like we're going to, let, let's merge it together, like a benefit, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, we've got to find something. We'll work on that. Um, Absolutely. I'm excited to get into this because I came across your podcast, Millennials in Print, through being a millennial myself in mm -hmm. print and seeing this, this trend in the print industry of everybody's getting older. We got, and, and you know, you're coming at it from a bit of a different angle as sort of, you know, high up in a business doing hiring, mm -hmm. looking for staff. Um, and I'm coming from this to this problem from a different direction of mm -hmm. let's get designers trained up and excited about print and just get young people into the industry. Cause if the industry is busy and hopping, you're going to get young talent in there. Absolutely. And uh, and we're not getting any younger either. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't so talk the about time that, is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the time is now. <laughs> exactly. Well, we got some young blood in our bones. That's what we're going to keep yeah, doing here. Exactly. Um, so with this like duo host episode, mm -hmm. we'll just bounce some questions back and forth. Maybe sure. we'll share a couple of fun like horror stories from, from our sure. days, days in print to see if there's any lessons there. But let's kick it off with um, sort of the, uh, I always say like the tough question because you got to talk about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, just introduce yourself. So you go first here. Yeah. So um, my name is Jake Hoffman. I'm the director of sales and marketing um, at Arando Corporation. So for those that don't know, we're a high-end um, catalog printer uh, located in the Midwest, um, Menominee Falls, so Wisconsin. Um, so I joined the company about six and a half years ago. So coming up on, on seven years. And so I primarily sit on kind of the, the sales and marketing realm. Um, so mm -hmm. I get to, I get the, the very fun fortune of working with not only, um, you know, print clients, but a lot of times it's new to print clients, mm -hmm. um, which is exciting, right? Um, so you get to do a, a little bit of that. And then um, I also, and kind of my day-to-day -day also manage sort of print marketing, things like that. You, you touched on it earlier. I started a podcast. So a lot of activities there. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a cool ride for sure. So, what about you? Let's talk about you a little bit here. What's your uh, <laughs> what are your credentials? <laughs> Damn, that's a tough. I'm on the spot. Um, I have a whole new respect for this question <laughs> yeah, now that now it's that pointed back reversed. at me. Yeah. You know, other than <laughs> I guess, right? Um, yeah. So I'll give you. Yeah, I like how you touched on specifically new to print people is mm -hmm. what you deal with because. I started my career not knowing anything about print, and I've been in the game for just about 19 years now. And I basically worked my way backwards through the print process. I did okay. like the bindery, the finishing, cutting, folding, um, all that kind of stuff. Moved up to running, I don't know if you could call it up, but moved to running presses. And I did that for a long period of time. I started awesome. with a little two-color press, moved up to a four-color press. Um, then I had the opportunity to do some pre-press stuff. Um, so plating and some, you know, working with files before they actually get to press. Yeah. And then 
um, for somehow or for some reason, um, the owner of the company that I was working for at the time said, hey, uh, are, you, are you interested in trying sales? And the timing was perfect because I'd been, I've done the manufacturing stuff mm-hmm. and I've always been very entrepreneurial minded. And I thought, sure. this can't be it. Like I'm, I was, gosh, I don't know, like 22 or 24 or something like that at the time. I'm like, this, this can't be it. Like, I don't want to be a pressman my whole life. Like I just yeah. didn't feel that that was the spot for me. So I was sure. actively looking for other opportunities, different things to move to. And he came to me and just gave me this opportunity in sales. And I thought, hey, that's different. Sure, let's go. And very quickly, within three years, hit the ceiling of, based on the structure and format that they operated with their procedures, hit the ceiling. I literally could not sell anymore, could not put any more time in than I already was. So there was nowhere to go. Um, so took, um, after a couple of years of saying no, took an opportunity at a much bigger printer in the bigger city of, about where I am. And again, just quickly climbed, hit the ceiling, and and that that new job came with an hour and a half long commute each way. So I was in the car a lot, and I just started listening to podcasts and got into online business podcasts, and I loved print. That's been the core. I absolutely love print. I'm passionate about print. And the part that I enjoyed most about my job, every position, whether it was running a press and doing a press check or helping a designer in sales, I like... I like helping bring these projects to life. Mm-hmm. And just like you are dealing with in these people, you know, designers you're dealing with that are new to print, mm. there's a lot of questions. It's kind of the same roadblocks that we run into, that yeah. the designer runs into, right? Wouldn't you say like paper, what is bleed? <laughs> sort of <laughs> yeah. the standard questions, right? Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I think um, – I've done a lot of them now, right? So I've done a lot of, of brand launches, first-time printers, and mm. the questions don't really change. Mm-hmm. Maybe how they're asked or how their kind of approaches changes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But you kind of know, and that's been kind of a nice thing, right? Because once you get it down, it's very, from a process standpoint, it's mm-hmm. not materially different, right? I mean, yep. Um, it's just kind of, you know, you know, you're kind of going to know where the pinch points are, you know, you know, okay. Hey, by the way, right. (laughs) You kind of answer the question before it's asked a little bit. Um, so no, it's been exciting. And I think one of the things too, is there is definitely sort of, uh, um, a renaissance or like a revitalization about getting things that are tactile and tangible because it's such a digital world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're seeing a lot of, of, uh, brands and, and, and especially to like creative people in general, they just love seeing like their designs kind of come to life. Right. I think that's kind of, yeah, cool that's so exciting. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to, to, uh, to sort of just continue with where I, where I kicked that over is, you know, I noticed that I'm helping designers with the same problems, the same kind of questions every day. Mm-hmm. And I loved print and I want more people creating print. How do I scale this? So um, I, I guess just to sort of wrap up my who am I, sure. um, I, I, my name is Dave. I'm the founder of Print Design Academy, and I created Print Design Academy to teach graphic designers to be experts in print, whether they're just out of school, still in school, they've been in the year working at a studio for 10 years. Um, you know, I, I teach them 
print and I help them over all of these hurdles that they would run into mm-hmm. when wanting to create for print. Things like the definitions and understanding when yeah. we say bleed, when we say type safety, what all that stuff actually means, um, mm-hmm. how to pick a paper and why that matters. We talk <laughs> about uh, working in files and how to set up your files for print success, but also how to export them for print success, finding a printer, working with printers, proofing, yeah. all the same kind of things that I know that you run into in yeah. guiding customers through this process. I wanted to scale that and just get more designers doing print. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. And one of the things too is like, I, I'm smiling because we're obviously extremely grateful for any time we get a design <laughs> file and there's bleeds and there's trims and we're just like, amen. And you know, people aren't questioning, well, why is the proof look different than the output? <laughs> and, yep. well, you know what I mean? And so, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's funny cause we're, you know, we have, we have clients too that have been in the game for so long that, you know, they're, they're starting at the photography level, how mm-hmm. they shoot photography, knowing that it's going to be used for print. Right. Yeah. So there's just levels to it. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I think, I think the need that you're filling we see it every day, right? Because mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more graphic designers come into the industry, um, whether it be through brands and things like that, that don't have a background in print design. They have mm-hmm. a background in online media or, you know, rich media, yeah. other other form factors. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely see the need there. Yeah, and, and what a, my job also consisted of a lot of the local universities and their graphic design mm-hmm. classes, they would come down for like the tour of the print shop day, you know, so you'd walk yeah. them around and show them what's what. And just seeing their eyes open up like this is print, this is how things are made, there's, there's yeah. that awesome connection. But even somebody in a full four-year design degree program mm-hmm. will graduate with maybe one semester in year two that was print yeah. production. There's like no way that, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's no well, way like that, a, yeah. there's no way exactly. just a designer is going to be able to graduate and just go out in the world and be like, I know print, I can totally <laughs> tackle it. Right. So there's a lot of hurdles that they run into there. A hundred percent. And and it's funny too, because you know, I've been a part of a lot of tours, right? Whether it's, mm-hmm. it's high school kids, college kids, even first time, you know, clients and, and even people that we've printed for a long time that have just never seen our shop. Right? <laughs> and so yes. that's always an interesting thing too, because I think sometimes, you know, inevitably like print is a custom manufacturing process. Stuff's yeah. going to happen. Inputs mm-hmm. are never the same. Right. So I think it's hard sometimes when you're, when you're trying to explain and say, Hey, this is why this obstacle or, Hey, this is where this hurdle came in mm-hmm. without them having any concept of all the moving parts and pieces and, and things that go into it. Um, I always joke and say, you know, I think everyone's perception of print is what they have in their house, right? The photocopy machine and yes. Hey, it looks great on my word document and it prints <laughs> and I print it and it comes out and on, you know, black ink on white paper. And mm-hmm. how come you guys can't figure it out? It's like, well, it's, you know, a little different <laughs> scope and scale, but yeah. No, I, yeah. A very, very similar experience that way as well. Do you remember your first time ever walking into a print shop? Um, I do. I, I, I think the first time I ever walked into a print shop, I was sort of blown away by the scale and the speed at which mm-hmm. things were getting accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always kind of remember the, the smell too of a press room. Like Dude, it's just one of those, yeah. it's just one of those smells. And I think once you, once you've smelt it, it's really hard to forget it. It's a unique smell, it, you know, 
And it's funny because you, you know, when you've been in enough print shops, they're all somewhat similar, but they all have their kind of unique spin or, or yeah. niche. But um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to kind of forget that first smell of walking into a press room and just smelling that ink on paper. Is, it's a great smell. So I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, print is always, yes, it's visual, but yeah, but print is tactile, but print has a smell. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation with Mohawk Paper just uh, three days ago, and I was telling him about when I was a pressman running the press, my first introduction to Mohawk Paper was because of the way it smelled. Yeah. Like you press, the paper was brought to me for whatever job, and I would just been printing on you know cheap whatever stuff, and it was like yeah. my third or fourth day running a press, and I get this stack of paper, and I'm jogging it before it goes in the press, I'm like, oh. This is different. Different. Yeah, it like just smelled clean and fresh. And it was like, that was my first introduction to Mohawk paper. I thought that was interesting that there was, <laughs> there was a smell to things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember my first time walking into a print shop was um, right after my second job interview for my first, okay. this first job, first position I ever had. And my ex-girlfriend's dad got me this job basically mm-hmm. because his his daughter dumped me. I had just come back from schooling in Toronto when I couldn't find a job in that field that I wanted to go into. And he's like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. So he and he was like the biggest customer of that print shop. He's like, hey, let me talk to the owner and get you a conversation. So yeah, <laughs> I sort of stumbled into it because he Perks felt sorry for me. of a breakup, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I guess. hey. I'm looking back now. Um, <laughs> So okay. on the first interview, there was this like little corner diner right beside the shop. So mm-hmm. we met there for the first interview, went great, good introduction. Then he called me back for a second interview. We met there, had a quick bite to eat again. He said, ah, let me, let me show you the shop. And it wasn't very big at the time. And um, just walking in, the, the sounds, the smells and things like that. Um, yeah, I'll never forget it. Yeah, Here, the it's, folder. It's a, actually, the other thing is the folder, like banging in the back corner, just pounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was a pretty cool a, experience. It's a, it is a really cool experience, and I think you know there's definitely things, and I would love to get your perspective on this as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there there are certain experiences that I think, like I've had, you've had, and it's 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 a function of being in the industry, right? That I think mm-hmm. it's it's really unique and and it's cool. And for me, one of the things it's like, how do we expose or get more exposure or give these experiences to people that wouldn't necessarily be in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's reaching out to, you know, like tech schools, you know, talking to high schools, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and obviously you you kind of did, you know, you kind of went with the, more of the designer route. So what are some of like the activities or things like that that you're trying to kind of bring to light, right? To get To get the younger people into the industry. Mm-hmm. I think experiencing a print shop's a great a great way of of kind of opening people's eyes for sure. So there's a couple of ways that I would I would answer that question. Um, the first way is through designers like like we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. you get designers looking at an industry. Some uh, most pre-press people who are analyzing files before they go to press mm-hmm. did want originally to become a graphic designer. Did want to go in that design direction. But it just didn't quite feel entirely right when they started down that path. So being a pre-press operator allows you to still work with files, work with design, see design, and be an integral part of bringing that design to life, you know, being a big piece of that print puzzle. Those proofs got to be done right. Those files got to be like 
perfectly set up and ready to go. Um, so that would be sort of the first way. The second way that I would say is the print shop that I'm with, I'm not going to name them at this point, um, but the print shop that I'm with, we are a very young shop in terms of median age. The company's okay. been around for 40 years, family-run company, but in median age, um, I'm 37, the owner's 37, um, nice. our staff are all younger staff. Cool. And I played a little bit of a marketing role, brand manager role there mm -hmm. for a year and a bit. And my, my, my main message was, we need to take advantage of this, that we are the youngest by me, like median age company. Yeah. Let's yeah, be young sure. and fresh and out there. Um, so we hired a design firm to work with us on that, that who, who saw that message, saw that we mm -hmm. were in that, in that, um, sort of younger demographic and really on all the marketing campaigns that we put together and send out to prospects and clients and out to the community, um, it's all around that being clever and cheeky and fun while still showcasing amazing print and packaging. Mm -hmm. And I think just by being a fun inspiration, showing great work while getting people to laugh and enjoy it. You know, if more shops just did that, Ooh. it would tr attract so much more attention to print, to the print shop yeah. and like a marketing yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Plus right now there's so many opportunities to pick up that online traffic, that social media traffic, all that extra stuff that comes with that social media world and creating really great, great work that goes out there. Yeah, that's, that's a really, like, that's just a, a great point. And, and one of, you know, one of the things that I see, and, and you know, it, it happened at a Randall too, you know, like the funny thing was, is like, we had all these great, authentic, genuine people mm -hmm. and our marketing was like, the complete counter narrative of that. It was like, <laughs> we are stiff. We print like Heidelberg, like Jer it's just like, wait, 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 wait a second. Like we're missing yeah. the whole essence, the whole ethos of our, of our organization. And, and we see that a lot with print and I think we're waking up to it now. You know, I, I've started to notice that more print companies are operating with a little bit more of like personality and like, we're going to highlight mm -hmm. our people and things like that, which is exciting. Um, cause that's the way I think it's, it's gotta go frankly. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things, interestingly enough, and, it, and it's a, it's kind of a conversation I've been like having internally a little bit is to say, like, I understand like that, that print is like the output or print is like what we do, but yeah. like, we're a great company first print just happens to be what we do. Right. Yeah. And that, that maybe, maybe opens up that narrative a little bit to get people to apply that. Hey, maybe I, you know, I don't need this print background. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a testament to the fact of like, Hey, you can come into print and not have a print background because all the knowledge mm -hmm. it's already in the industry. Yep. Right. I'm not, if I get a degree in print and I come in, guess what? I'm not, I'm not bringing in anything new or revolutionary. Yep. I can tell you that right now. Yep. So that, that's kind of an interesting um, thing that we've just had some interesting conversations about uh, lately internally, just talking about like, we're a great company that just happens to be a printer. You know what I mean? So. I would, I would say, and, and like you said before, where, you know, you, you came in and you saw that the marketing materials that you're putting out does not reflect the kind of company that you guys are. I would say in the statement, I truly believe all the print industry marketing that goes out there right now is dry as toast. 
Like it is just boring. It's such an exciting industry and exciting things are made here. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff that you come across in print, that's a book, a catalog, a pack, like packaging off the shelf that you go, holy shit, like this is cool. Like that was made in a print shop. Yeah. Like we create really cool objects and really cool stuff. And to your point about the talent is already in the industry, you don't need print experience to get into print. You just need to be ready and willing to learn. Um, about four, three or four years ago now, I went to the Canadian Print Awards. We were nominated for some awards. We went out to collect those awards. And at the show, you know, two 35-year-olds walk in at that time, me and the owner of the company. And it's just a room of gray hair, <laughs> which is yeah. it's, it's fine because those yeah. people that are in there are legends. They are extremely yeah. knowledgeable. They are legends in the industry. They built incredible print studios and print shops and all of this stuff. And they have <clears throat> just this mountain of knowledge that yeah. they want to pass on that to a younger to generation. Pass. They yeah. want to. They want to. 100%. Yeah, they want to see this industry thrive. They want to see it continue and grow and evolve. And they want to pass this stuff on. So if you are listening to this and you are at all interested in print, like it just piques your interest a little bit, go find a local printer where you can just get involved with and mm-hmm. see what they're making, see what you could, you know, what feels like a good spot for you to possibly work with them and just get involved because it's really exciting. Yeah. I, I've, the, if you listen to any, every, any single one of my podcasts at some point, I usually have, some sort of quip about the the marketing that our industry does and how I'm like anti it. And part of it, you know, part of it, I think too, is just, you know, I I think the storytellers, like the people that are telling the story of print need to change, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there need to be more voices, you know, from, from us, you know, that are going to kind of say, you know, okay, here's the the counter narrative or here's kind of how we see the industry and, and where where it's going, you know, one of the things as you were talking that kind of triggered in my mind is, I know I mentioned earlier, I'm from Wisconsin, so we drink a lot of beer here. Uh, (laughs) The the stereotype is true. Um, But one of the things that's, that's just hilarious is I I don't know how many times I've been at a brewery, you know, at a craft brewery and their cans come out, right? And everyone's like, oh, these cans are so cool, you know, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that was printed. And it's like, in people's mind, they think it's like the canning company or something that's doing it. And I'm like, that that's 100% print. Like, yeah. why, are, why are we not talking about that? And as an industry, there's so many cool things. You talk about, like, packaging that Apple does, canning for mm-hmm. craft brewery, all the, all the cool stuff that's going on out there, um, you know, mixing AR and VR into, into print, all these cool mm-hmm. things. And it's just, for some reason, it just kind of falls flat when, when the industry – you know, and I know it's kind of pie in the sky, kind of talks about those things. So. You know, it's the classic story of like the marketing company that doesn't market itself. The design firm that has an old aged website with not with a, you know, seven year old portfolio. It's like, you know, a lot of industries do a terrible job promoting and marketing and showcasing what they do. And print print is no different. You you nailed it. We're we're producing amazing work that goes out there and gets attention and people interact with it and people love it, people hang on to it, but we're not creating that stuff for ourselves. 
Correct. To show others what is possible in print. It's just like the age old story. And I, I love that you brought up, you know, craft beer stuff. Because whether it's printed directly to the can, whether it's a label that goes around that can or bottle, whether it's a shrink sleeve that goes around that can or bottle. The soft touch. Everyone's losing their mind over the soft touch. That's print. That's print stuff. And we we at Print Design Academy, we identified that that was an area that was exciting to designers. So we built the craft beer label design course, which speaks specifically and teaches designers specifically how to design incredible craft beer labels. And yeah. again, just get out there and make cool things. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny too. Cause even, you know, I think if you're an insurance company as an mm-hmm. example, or if you're, you know, whatever, who cares if you're bad at marketing, if you're good at insurance, right? <laughs> to me, to me, you're serving a marketing need, right? You're a marketing yeah. service. You got to market, right? Yeah. Like, and I remember one of the, 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 the first things that when I, when I joined a Randall was like, do we have a catalog? It's like crickets. I'm like, we're a catalog printer that doesn't have a catalog. And it was so funny because then I went to all these other print companies, you know, as, as you get in the industry, you, you make connections and stuff like that. And you look mm-hmm. around and not, not a single printer is using print in their marketing, but every marketing thing they put out is about how print's effective. Well, then why <laughs> wouldn't you be using it? It's like mind boggling. So now I think, you know, people are catching on and starting to realize it and use it and, and mm-hmm. show off a little bit, which is, which is cool too. Um, but yeah. And interesting, when I first came into the industry, I was just kind of like, wait, so we're, we're, we're an industry that doesn't use its own services to, I don't know, tell our story? It's weird. Yeah, exactly. We do great print and packaging. Let's really level up those believe Google us. ads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah believe us. Well, um, okay. So let me ask you this, Jake. With the, sure. sta- with the statement, print is dying, print is dead. Oh, God. Yeah. What do you, what do you say to that? What do you... What do you think when you hear that? What are you seeing in the print yeah. industry? Well, for one, I think it's a it's it needs to be more of a nuanced conversation. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there are absolutely segments of print that are dying. That's <laughs> that's a that's an empirical fact. Yep. Right. If you're talking about newspaper, yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. But to say that this huge billion-dollar industry is in decline, you can't just throw out a multi-billion, right? You can't just throw out a statement like that. So that's one of the first things. And then, two, I think, you know, you start to look at certain segments that are growing rapidly. You talk Mm -hmm. about book printing. You talk about um, publication work, direct mails up, packaging. All these different things are are going gangbusters, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, you know, I think think the biggest – the challenge too, right, mm-hmm. is people came out and said print is dying, and and the industry's reaction was to say print's not dying, print's not dying, print's not dying, and it's like if you say the same thing enough times, people are gonna believe that print's dying, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, the PR overhaul should have been like, no, print's not dying. It's going through a renaissance period. It's changing. It's adapting. Mm-hmm. It's evolving. Whatever noun you want to throw behind it or adjective is great. Yeah. It's just. You know what I mean? So I look at it like that. And then I think the other thing, too, is that there's a lot of driving factors as to why print is never going to die, just mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the research that comes out on it and all these different elements. So 
No, I, I mean, and you know, we've, we've onboarded 61 new print clients this year, new to print clients. So we're, yeah, we're not, it's not dying. It's changing. It's evolving, but Mm -hmm. it's not dying. So, so what, and if you don't have, I have an answer for this. Um, I think I do anyways. So when I look at the print industry and I hear Mm -hmm. that statement, print is dying, print is dead. Sure. Um, I completely agree with you that there are segments. Yep, they're done or pretty, pretty sure. close to done. Or they're, they're yeah, it's, but, yeah. But there's also areas that are growing quickly and significantly. Mm-hmm. And to sort of specifically point out a few examples of those that, that I'm personally seeing, and please chime in with this with what you're seeing mm-hmm. as well. Sure. Um, you touched on packaging. 100% packaging is growing like mad, whether that's food packaging, luxury packaging for goods, um, packaging for shipping e-commerce products. But still, mm-hmm. if you're doing e-commerce, the actual product that is shipped in that shipping box will likely have some sort of packaging, whether it's a hang tag or a box that it goes in. Um, this also applies to labels and shrink sleeves. Yep. Yep. Um, all of that is growing. Um, <clears throat> I would also say that the large uh, publications, like the National Geographics, like the gigantic mm-hmm. publications from years past, um, are sort of redefining their direction mm-hmm. in the sense that sure. bespoke publications are on a significant rise. Like smaller, mm-hmm. smaller scale publications with beautiful, using really nice paper that's, mm-hmm. you know, like, a premium publication yep. that's yep. on the rise. Yep. You don't have companies printing <laughs> other than Uline. We'll say that other than Uline, there are not companies printing <laughs> a catalog featuring every single one of their items and mailing it to as many people as they possibly can. Yeah. There, there isn't. What they're doing instead is creating these brand books, these experiences, mm-hmm. these lookbooks, and sending yep. that to the best customers to yep. continue and grow that business. A hundred percent. And it's sort of like, forget the prey and spray model, right? Like let's use data to make informed decisions. Prey and spray. And, and, <laughs> and, and frankly, like from, from my perspective, I would rather have you grow organically at a hundred thousand a drop, right? So I would rather take the best hundred thousand customers, layer in acquisition, make strategic moves, you know, and then have you grow, mm-hmm. right? over time, as opposed to we're going to drop a million catalogs and we're going to hemorrhage that circ over the next 10 years because mm-hmm. that that's sort of been the model. So an interesting thing that you're kind of talking about and, and you mentioned kind of like a lookbook. So for us, we refer to it as like lifestyle catalogs, right? Yeah, so yeah. we're in segments where it's really more about like the storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to take our kind of customer on this journey. Now there's going to be products involved with that, but mm-hmm. they're not going to be Square inch analysis, how many products can we get on this page and, and all that other kind of stuff. So we're seeing that. But also, I think you have to understand that the the model of business, especially when it comes to like retail and the pro, the predominant users of catalogs is changing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So everyone's trying to go direct to consumer, right? So how do you do that? Well, a catalog is a great way to do that because you can really showcase who you are across 32 to 24 pages, right? It's beautifully printed and really brings that reader in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing that as a function of kind of why we're seeing a lot of growth. The other element is, frankly, there's just 
disastrous things happening on the social when it comes to ability to target and regulation and all those things. Mm-hmm. We've been around so long, we've already gone through all those hoops. There's not going to be new regulation on name and address, right? It's yeah. just not going to happen. So we're seeing a lot of customers that still have their same target growth goals and acquisition that they need to hit and all that, all that stuff, um, really turning to print again as an acquisition support and, and a driver that way. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a combination of a lot of different things, but it's a, it's a good time to be, to be in that type of print segment for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I guess the basis or where that statement come from is when you or came from is when you see the surge in, in social media and in internet mm-hmm. and when that came around and, re- and how that's transformed life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the natural assumption is, uh, I guess, print's next, print's going out. Yeah. Yeah. But what instead, what it's done is it's presented an incredible way to use print to get your customer's attention in a way that an Instagram ad just won't or a Facebook ad just won't because they're flying past it, flying through it. Um, but you, you put something in their mailbox that's tactile. It's got something you can interact with. It's something unique. It's something different. Um, that will get their attention, and you can then take that attention and traffic and drive that to your online catalog, to your website, mm-hmm. to the to the place where you want to do that lead generation and get people into your email database and do all of that kind of stuff as well. Print is is a, like a major touch point for that. That's seeing a big comeback. For sure. One of the things where I think the narrative has changed to some degree, and I think really, you know, any savvy marketer, um, in today's kind of ecosystem understands the relationship that print versus digital isn't really mm-hmm. what it is. It's print combined with digital is yes. really where you're going to be, be successful. And it's not this whole like print versus digital concept. And if you don't do print and you only do digital, that, that really has kind of gone away, or at least I'm not seeing it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's more a combination of using the best attributes of both mediums. And then when you combine that, that's what's really powerful, right? So one of the things that, you know, frankly, websites and and online is just better is just understanding consumer behavior and tracking it, right? So when you take all those data and you can take those insights and then take that information and leverage print with that, that's where you start to get really powerful results. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that whole narrative of it's print or it's digital, you can kind of do away with that. It's really how do we combine the two in the most successful way um, mm-hmm. to generate the best results? So Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, from the angle that I've been taking to approach graphic designers in, mm-hmm. in building and creating print, um, sort of one of the things that I teach them is, how do I word this properly? I, I like to go the direction of providing examples and ideas mm-hmm. for them totally. in, in how to create things. Because I, fi- I think the best way to learn print and to learn how to create great print is to take the great stuff that's already out there and, yeah. and to understand it and dismantle it and understand, oh, this is an 80-pound uncoded text for here for the text page of this book. And the outside, oh, it's got like a soft touch coating on it, mm-hmm. and it's this thicker paper. And you're starting to just really make the connection between what you're holding in your hand and what you're attracted to and what you really like mm-hmm. and starting to work those into your designs. 
Totally. And, and one of the reasons I explain that this is so important for designers is if you have a client coming to you with a design problem and, and when, when customers need new logos, new brands, they're putting a, a campaign together, all of these things that, that a customer would come to a designer for, they have a design problem and you need to provide them with a solution. That's why they're coming to you for your expertise. If you don't at least have an understanding of all of the potential avenues for that solution, how do you know you're giving the best solution? Mm -hmm. If you don't understand print, so you never look at print, but what that customer really needs to do is send a targeted direct mail that really blows their top 100 customers away and gets them to order another $100,000 this next year, mm-hmm. And you just say, you know what, let's design some really nice Instagram ads or a really yeah. great 30-second YouTube commercial. Yeah. It, but if the, it, maybe you need to go all three of those channels. But if you don't understand print or know print or know how, to, how it works or how to make it, that, that's just not even part of your offering. And it's another tool in the toolbox, right? I mean, mm-hmm. from a design perspective, I think – the ability to design across mediums is going to be much more appealing to any organization client or your own company than saying, Hey, I only, I only can do just social ads, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because today's marketing ecosystem, you need to have a, so, at least an understanding of all the channels and how the interplay and, and those kind of elements, if you really want to be successful. I mean, you, you know, we, we see this thing. We see this thing happen a lot, and it's uh, it's with e-commerce or digitally native brands. They sort of hit this plateau point, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like they're they're maxing out on every, you know, channel, right? And mm-hmm. the incremental that they have to spend to gain just isn't there. So then it's like all of a sudden, oh, they discover print, like it's this new crazy concept, and they start using that, and all of a sudden their sales kind of break break through that plateau. Um, so we see that a ton, right? Where people are kind of like, Hey, we're just going to stay in this lane until they hit this kind of critical mass. And then from there, then they typically start looking at other areas and opportunities. Mm -hmm. What I always say is imagine how much faster you get there. If you start, (laughs) you know, at, at that ground level, combining Mm -hmm. all of those, right. You're going to go significantly faster. Yeah. The skill set when you arrive at a, at a five year, 10 year experience level, the skill set you know, is goes from 90% deep to 95% in just branding, if that's where you focused. Mm -hmm. But you could be at 90% in print, in social, in video, in branding, in logo, or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one thing that I I have never forgotten since the four, that book, the four hour work week. I don't know if you've read it. It's it's literally not about a four hour work week. But (laughs) But the concept of... Misleading title. <laughs> yeah, the concept of really time allocation in, mm-hmm. in when it comes to skills and, and sure. skill understanding. You know, if you could spend, you know, if it takes 100 hours to get to 80% good at something, mm-hmm. but it takes 10,000 hours to get 90% good, why would you spend that extra time to get 90% good when you can go another 80, another 80, another 80 in these yeah. different categories in different directions, right? And align and, and end up, when you get to that 10,000 hour mark, having so much more skill and talent in a mm-hmm. wider variety of categories um, than you would have if you just focused in one lane, I think. And what happened um, 
I heard about it most when the pandemic really kicked off. If somebody was, you know, directly like I do, um, logos, that's all I do. Um, if companies all of a sudden start going, Ooh, we're uncertain in this marketplace, we're going to cut back. And the first thing that gets cut is the marketing budget, which is your, which, yeah, right. Which is your, (laughs) which is your logo, which is your design job that you got. Well, you're in trouble if something like that happens. But if you specialize in exactly with what happened in the pandemic, if you specialize or as well, or you're also able to do packaging and craft beer labels and all these different things, those industries soared and were in high demand during the pandemic. So just having this wide variety of skill sets just sets you up for complete success and almost recession proofs yourself. Yeah, because you're kind of a Swiss Army knife, man. Yeah, right? in my it's humble opinion. It's a lot opinion. harder to get rid of you than if you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. So do you I, – I have a question for you. When, mm-hmm. when you are working with these designers, do you, do you find that they – like where, where is the biggest shortcoming? Is it just in the ability – like they just don't understand print? Or do you think it's like they're still a little like skeptical of like the value of being able to design and print or where do you kind of see that there's like no, the biggest gap? By, by the time somebody comes to me, there's no skepticism. Print is the way. Print they're, is the way okay. we're going to do this. They're ready to rock. Got it. Um, okay. The biggest, I sort of divide this up into section hurdles. Sure. Some sure. designers have all of them. Some designers just have a couple of them. But I would say mm-hmm. the most common I come across is working with files. Okay. Now this is, or now I'll I'll tell you from a new to print standpoint, but also an experienced with print standpoint. So, sure. new to print, a designer that's new to print, literally comes in and be like, they have this beautiful design on screen, mm-hmm. half of it's in RGB. There's seven Pantones built into the file, <laughs> like there's no bleed, there's no uh, crop marks, their images in RGB. Like they just like it, it looks beautiful on screen. You could take that and put it up on Instagram, and it looks beautiful it looks in great, the portfolio. Yeah. It looks great. When you send that file to a printer, is like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? So I would say that the first and biggest hurdle that that designers usually run into is just from an understanding of preparing your file for print, and planning it and getting it ready and getting it to the printer in a way that they can a easily understand what you're trying to achieve and b that it's just fast for their workflow as well because if it gets to the pre-press department and they got to kick it back to you to fix because there's errors here and there and it's missing things and there's questions or you got to proof again and again again you're just killing time and adding costs so by not understanding the file side you're killing time and adding costs Now, what I see most from designers who are experienced with print and understand understand really how to set up their files for for print is from a spec standpoint, it's all in CMYK, it all makes sense, it all should be there, but the file size in terms of dimensions, the amount of pages in a book, things like that are totally different than what's been quoted. So there's a disconnect between what the communi- what the communication that's going to the printer for quoting versus what the designer is actually creating. Creating. So yeah. with experienced designers, the advice I give is like 
just double check that your file matches the quoted specs. Otherwise, yeah. again, you end up in a scenario where it arrives at the printer and like, oh, this has four back. more pages than it used to have. And we've got an extra color in here that wasn't in the quote. Well, we've got to requote it now. And then it's got to go out for approval again and come back in again. You're just killing time, killing time and costing everybody money to look at something that really could have been addressed quickly. So I'd say those are the two most common. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the other one I was going to say, too, is just even even in the way that people prep files you know mm -hmm. like don't put a solid orange next to a light gray and expect yeah. it to hold you know like yeah. and but that's a that's a function of the type of print sometimes too but yeah and if you are weird. doing a solid orange and a light gray what the hell are you doing those in cmyk for get some pantones yeah. down in there man those are the two nastiest culprits <laughs> yeah cmyk so, and no, orange and gray not friends yeah. So no, I, yeah, I, 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 that was kind of what I was anticipating you to say, but that, that, that definitely makes sense, especially from a file standpoint. If you're, if you're not new to print, you're, yeah. you're going to have no clue what you're doing really. So mm -hmm. makes sense. So, um, you know, to just sort of get toward wrapping this up here, I wanted sure. to ask you sort of one final question related to the industry. Sure. Um, five years out, where do you see it? What do you, what does it feel like? What does it look like? I think that there is going to be a significant amount of people retiring mm -hmm. in the next couple of years. And I think that opens a door to worlds of possibility. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're going to start to see some next generation leadership really take mm -hmm. hold. And I think that's going to transform um, the, the business model that printers have historically been operating under. Um, mm -hmm. Frankly, you know, I think that there needs to be a lot more emphasis on, innovation and technology and not so much on equipment. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think the equipment, like no one, not, there's not a client that I deal with that's coming to me and saying, Hey, you need to get better equipment, right? It's, mm -hmm. can we, we need to process faster, turn things quicker. You know, why is, you know, how, how come I can't really, you know, so to me, it's going to be a lot more focused on technology innovation. And then I think realistically in the next five years, you're, it, like things are going to come to a head, right? Like at a certain point, companies are either going to have to consolidate to keep the workforce um, or they're going to have to change and figure out how to get young people in the industry. Um, and I think that's, that's what the next five years looks like you mm -hmm. know, from us. I think you're going to continue to see consolidation. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the two key points are that I completely agree with out of that for sure is retirement. You're going to see a lot of retirement happening, yeah. which is why now is such a crucial time to get young blood and young talent oh, into the industry yeah. to learn and to grow and to add their own young flavor to the industry using mm -hmm. the experience that's already there. So it's a great time for finding work for a long-term, well-paying, totally. sustainable career in totally. print. Um, the second, um, is you, you, you mentioned innovation. Mm -hmm. And I think where you're going to see this innovation is when it comes to digital print technologies. I think mm -hmm. that offset is still gonna be king and still gonna reign for the majority of print for big volume print stuff for longer runs, for a lot of the longer run packaging stuff. Mm -hmm. But you are going to see, just like what you're seeing in the sort of bespoke publication world where you're getting, instead of people printing 10,000 magazines, you're going to get runs of 1,500, 2,000, but mm -hmm. beautiful paper, beautiful print, beautiful pieces. You're going to see that effect happening in 
a lot of packaging and a lot of other sort mm-hmm. of printed media outside of, you know, just books. And I think digital is going to be the biggest support agent for, for that process. And the other benefit of digital is it allows designers who are new to print to try things out with little risk, right? It lowers the Correct. risk. Yeah. You're not print spending... Print one one, print two of two. Yeah. Yeah. You're not spending, you know, $3,000 um, in just plates and setup before you even get a sheet through the press for offset. Correct. You know, you can, you can make things happen digital and get a pretty damn good result and test and try things to learn for a couple hundred bucks here and there. I think I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. And then I think, you know, one of the, one of the fascinating things, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but there's this thing called cricket. Do you know about the cricket? It's like this. Oh, like, the cricket cutter. Yeah. It's like a cricket cutter, thing. Yeah. but it's totally just like a pre-media print design engine that's built into this, you know, and it was interesting because, yeah. uh, just kind of getting a little bit of exposure to that. Cause I think a lot of people are getting exposure to print that they don't even know it. Cause it's like a consumer facing project and DIY and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because I think the premise of that absolutely could work for commercial print, that, that mm-hmm. front end application, meaning like if you, if you can make it that easy to design in and send files to a printer and then it's just an output to me, mm-hmm. then you're starting to get toward of sort of like print like 3.0, right? Where, okay, you know, the, the color, close-up color controls are, are all going to be there, those, those types of things. And then it's really, um, to me, more of a front-end front end equation. So I think that, that'll yeah. be an interesting kind of trajectory, too, for, for commercial print. Yeah. Dude, wait till you get that, like, AI file prep thing where you just design whatever the hell you want on screen, and then you tell the AI software that this should be Converted. a, a four-color box you know, that looks great on 130 pound uncoated paper and you just yeah. throw the file in there and, do, 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 and get, kicks it out, print ready, perfect file. I'm sure, I'm sure that's coming. Maybe I'll create that. Who knows? You heard it here. <laughs> I want, I want in on that. <laughs> Patent pending, copywritten. <laughs> copywritten, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, well, exactly. um, Jake, this has been a great conversation about the industry sure. and, and design industry and print and how they all relate and, and the cool things that can be made there. I wanted, I guess, just to wrap this up with like, where can people totally. learn more about you and the shop and what you guys got cooking? Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. so you can find me there. Um, otherwise, you know, we do a ton of, uh, posting to like our Randall social, mm-hmm. YouTube, Spotify, all the, all the normal culprits you'd find podcasts and, and things like that. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Um, obviously I really appreciate you having kind of, kind of the dual host thing going on here is a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a new role for me. So it was, it was cool, um, to be on the other side of, of, uh, the podcast a little bit as well. So obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'd love to love to do something like this again soon. Maybe we touch base in a, a couple months and see see where we're at. <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. And um, and just for your listeners, if they're wanting to connect with us totally. on social yep. media or wherever they are, um, it's print design underscore academy on uh, Instagram. Um, they can also go to printdesignacademy.com and at printdesignacademy.com you get linked to our YouTube and everything else that we've uh, we've got going on where we're putting content out on. It'll also show you the craft relabel design course that I mentioned and it'll show you awesome. the uh, print design mastery, which is our monthly program where we are teaching graphic designers to be experts in print. 
Awesome. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you are digging what you're hearing here on the Print Design Podcast, please head over to Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, and leave a rating and a review for the show. I'd really appreciate it. Just helps us find more graphic designers who want to learn about this print and packaging world. And if you are ready to take that next step to being that print and packaging design expert, head over to printdesignacademy.com and see what we got cooking for you. Free stuff, paid stuff, all good stuff, aiming to help you become that expert in print and overcome all of those hurdles that designers run into when they're ready to create amazing print and packaging. That's all for this week. See you soon.